Welcome to Aetherius Radio Live, the hour of truth with Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze. A very warm welcome to all our regular listeners and those who are new to Aetherius Radio Live, which is brought to you on Body, Mind, Spirit Radio on the third Tuesday of every month. Discover the cosmic message for this age, revealed through legendary master of yoga and world-renowned medium, Dr. George King, between 1954 and 1997. Today, following on from the show in October last year, your hosts, Richard Lawrence and Quizzy Blaze, will be delving once more into the study of Service Leads to Kundalini Heaven Part 3. So, without further ado, I hand you over to Richard and Chrissy. Thank you, Nikki. Ah, yes, thank you, Richard. But I've just noticed Chrissy seems to have dropped off. So, if you can do your intro. Has she? Please. Yes. Okay. So, we've lost Chrissy, (laughs) have we? Okay. For the the moment, yes. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so I shall start solo. Well, thank you very much, Nikki. Welcome, everyone, to Ethereus Radio oh. Live. Um, let me know when I'm Chrissy here. joins us, please. Yeah, You're here. Just uh, hi, Chrissy. A technical hitch. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay. <laughs> Hello, Richard. Hello, thanks, Nikki. And uh, welcome back to the final part of Service Leads to Kundalini Heaven. We've already done two parts last year in August and October, and if you missed those, you can certainly look them up on our website, ethereus.org or bodymindspiritradio.com. This is a massive subject. In fact, according to Dr. King, the only reason we're on Earth is to raise kundalini from the base of the body up the psychic channel within the spine to the highest chakra, the crown center. In part two of this series, we looked at the promise given in our teachings that service leads to an unforced rise of kundalini, awakening the higher chakras and taking us to kundalini heaven, as we called it. We were going to do this show last month in February, but in January, Richard had an amazing experience, which he described in detail in a show he recorded, especially called Knowing God Through King Yoga. You can look that up, too, on this website. I also recommend you to look at Richard's website where you will find his Kundalini Diaries, a very personal account of what he experienced between August of last year and his experience on January the 14th. I urge you to please take the time to read this by visiting Richard's website, www.richardlawrence.co.uk. This was, I believe, a life-changing event for Richard. And I have to say, I'd never read anything quite like this journey before. I found it very moving, very inspiring, and also very helpful. So thank you very much for sharing that, Richard. But I want to Thank ask you, Chrissy. You, oh, of course. Yeah, it was wonderful. But I want to ask you, Richard, do you think that this series on A Serious Radio Live was related in any way to the experience you had, because interestingly, our first show was in August, the same time that you started the fascinating journey you described. I think so. I do think so. I think what happened to me anyway, and I'm sure it could happen to others as well, is, and it may have done for all I know, is that 
In reading this particular transmission by the Master Etherius, we're given fantastic hope. And I think that's one of the hallmarks of the Master Etherius, as a matter of fact, also Mars Sector 6, also our Master and others. But it's, it made me realize there isn't something missing that you have to be doing to enter these higher states, you know, that you don't have to do, say, what our master did, which is work for, you know, 10 years or eight hours a day. And if you don't do that, then these things won't happen. Not that I'm for one minute comparing what happened to me to what happened to him, because I'm no, it's nowhere near what he achieved. And I'm not claiming at all that it is. But you can cross that threshold following the path that we follow. That's what I really learned, Chrissy, from this series. I've learned it also from the doing the Spiritual Freedom Show. I mean, it's there. I mean, it, it, we've kind of always known it. But it's so clear, it's especially in what we're going to be coming on to in this particular show, this part three, this final part of Service Leads to Kundalini Heaven. Thank you, Richard. So would you like to um, introduce the show today? Part three. Yes, certainly. Um, So, as as you were saying, Chrissy, in part two, we made a close examination of this transmission given on February the twenty eighth, nineteen sixty, year before the nine freedoms, by the way, delivered by the Master Etherius from free will to freedom, and in doing so, we're looking for its hidden meanings. As we all know, with the Master Etherius, there are several different levels of meaning in his transmissions, at least two, our master said. I I gave an opinion that there are at least three levels in this particular transmission, and I think it's one of the greatest transmissions that Dr. King ever received. One, of course, is what you can immediately see, an inspirational, very encouraging message, which could be understood really by anybody with an open mind. And then there's the deeper philosophical level where some of the deeper concepts, for example, we talked about this concept, what you reject is laid at your feet and why that must be so under karmic law. So there's this whole philosophical aspect to it as well. But the, the greatest of interest to me at the moment and in doing this series is like, as you might call it, the technical level, trying to uncover the meaning especially from a kundalini and chakra point of view so if the philosophical level is the is the why the theory of it this level is the practical how you might say that this could be achieved and so we looked at the fact as expressed by the mastery theorists that the dark forces and i think it should be obvious pretty well everyone whatever their beliefs that there are dark forces on this earth Uh, these dark forces set out to undermine ordinary people with confusion uh, as the master theorist explained so that fear can enter into human consciousness and then once fear is there master theorist says doubt comes in by the same door and i believe that door to be the solar plexus center because it's the chakra through which energies are generally received and transmitted so fear and doubt have entered in not just into our thought process but into our you might say our psychic nardic if you like system as negative energies and it's those energies those negative energies which cause the kundalini to remain dormant at the base of the spine something we've been told something we know but what is it it's a blockage in in the old writings they called it a knot 
uh, it, it's a blockage upon the rising of this force, which is the natural thing for to happen through the spinal channel. And it's interesting to note that ancient writings say that these knots prevent that rise. Uh, so there's said to be a major knot at the base center, which has to be broken to bring this rise about. So the Master of Theorists explains that a yearning is created to cause this power to move, but it moves, it must mean, up the front of the body. So the Master of Theorists says, first man becomes body, and I take that to be a movement to the sex center, and then the power moves further, that he becomes brain and mind, and I take that to be a movement, a partial movement, to the solar plexus center. So that's up the front of the body. But the Master Theorist then goes on and tells us very simply how we can break this cycle. He says we can tear a dark force wide open and break away quite easily, that's his word, by detaching from two things. One, our basic delights, and two, the materialistic scheme of things. That, for a lot of us, is easier said than done, but there again, the master of theory says it can be done quite easily. Our basic delights, number one, and two, the whole materialistic scheme of things, all the dogma that goes with that, all that buying in to what we're told, what we're fed, the conditioning, and so on, and the goals that we're given become richer and richer and richer and and yet all the evidence shows that wealth doesn't necessarily and quite often definitely doesn't lead to happiness which is what people seem to be seeking so he tells us this is done by our correct thoughts and actions and at an inner level we're then detaching from the energies and this is where it's interesting to me that technically which are activating those two psychic centers that's the solar plexus and the sex center at the front of the body and when we do this the master of theorist says we send out fear and doubt by the same door again i take that to be the solar plexus center because that's the receptive center uh, and the indulgences the thought processes which were infused with fear and doubt are sent out and we're then free of this contamination and then a different kind of education takes place a spiritual one leading to a different approach actually to everything even the things we're used to, law, politics, religion, philosophy, all of this, we have a different approach to because we've, we've freed ourselves from the materialistic scheme of things. Materialism, if you like. Material things, we have to deal with that. But materialism, which is a product of fear and doubt. And that brings a different kind of inner fulfillment, a newfound sense of peace and joy which comes from spiritual experience. It can only really come from that, and especially from service to others. And it's far more lasting than the sort of transient, basic delight. So that would be my recap, Chrissy. That's very interesting. Yeah, thank you, Richard. I think one thing you pointed out, obviously, is the amount of confusion that exists on Earth, and we're all aware of that. And that's really causing people to lose hope. And from that, we get, you know, massive suicide and really tragic things happening. And you give reasons yeah. for this, or the Master of Sirius does, to the fact that fear and mm. doubt can, if we allow these to affect our mind and also our psychic and nardic system, which blocks the rise of yeah. Kundalini. But I found in my own life that now it's not so much fear or doubt, which certainly has been in the past that holds me back, but also, but it is more guilt. 
And I, I realized that once she was talking about it pre- in the previous show, guilt that I didn't mm. do this or that, guilt I should have done this and, and so on. And I wondered if you thought, Richard, that that too is uh, another of those things that causes blockage. Uh, and, um, and of course, Master of Theorists has given us the way to overcome them, which is wonderful. And I thought from all the millions of people who are suffering from fears and doubt and guilt and all these things, if only they had this truth, this teaching, which you're bringing out now. It's so, so very important. Well, um, you know, I, look, I, I think we've all experienced guilt, and I certainly have. And if anybody hadn't experienced guilt, then there'd be something very, very questionable about, questionable about them uh, indeed. Uh, because uh, there's so much more all of us could be doing. And then if one gets more advanced and one looks at, starts to become aware of one's past lives, um, even not by name maybe, but just a general idea, of course one has to deal with conscience. I mean, there's conscience, isn't there? And there's a sort of debilitating emotional reaction to guilt, which is possibly what you're referring to there. And yes, that could... You know, that's not a can-do approach, is it? I mean, there's, like, we've got to know where we've gone wrong, and then we've got to do something about it. Yeah, but uh, if, you, if we dwell on it and sort of get into, oh, well, I look, you know, just inhabit it, and some people might even be enjoying it in some weird manner, sort of indulging in, in emotional guilt, you might call it, then, of course, that's going to obstruct the raising of the energies, yes. Yeah, thank you, Richard. Yeah, I think it, as you say, it's when you, you have to focus on these things. And I, I must admit that the second part two, and Master, Master Azir has said, and your interpretation too today is really, you know, helps to shine a light on these things. And uh, that's what it's all about, right? Allowing our light to shine, the Kundalini to rise. It is. Thank it you. is. And, Thank you know, but I, I would stress that, you know, if somebody does have no guilt, then they're virtually psychotic, aren't they? Oh, um, well, yes. So it's taking to the extreme about anything. Um, so it's not of itself. And there's a lot of people saying, especially in the New Age movement, you come across, oh, you should have no guilt, throw guilt, guilt, negative guilt. It it's all depends what it is. If it's being honest and being truthful, which we have to do, won't be able to progress if we don't. That will stop us as well. That'll be a blockage as well, unless we uh, deal with it. Um, then we've got to allow the conscience to speak. Um, you know, and we can be conditioned not to do that as well, depending what life we're in. Another thing that occurred to me, Chrissy, is you know, there are some people on this earth who have tremendous powers of concentration, and uh, Archimedes was actually one of them, for those who are interested in Archimedes. He was obviously a genius. Um, and I'm not sure where he lived, when he lived. I'm going to say it was around about two or 300 years BC. Uh, that's, I'm just throwing that out. I don't know. But he obviously had the Eureka moment, and he was an inspired man in science. But it's said that he died uh, because he was so focused on a mathematical problem but he didn't notice that the place he lived in, which I think was Syracuse in Sicily, which was part of ancient Greece, had been invaded, I think possibly by the Spartans. And so he didn't notice it. And so they came along and, and he stayed where he was doing his mathematical work, which is incredible power of concentration. But even if he couldn't see what was going on around him, and tragically he died because his head was cut off in the fray. You know, he didn't run away and protect himself. But... 
It strikes me, you, you do have people with this immense power of concentration in general in the world. They might be a lawyer, they might be a scientist, they might, you know, but they are, must be getting some reaction to their concentration. They must be getting contemplation, contemplative responses if you're that intense, which we would call the intuition coming back to them or, or, or certainly receiving knowledge. I think Dr. King himself gives the example of a psychometrist uh, being, a, say, a wine taster. Now, that wine taster may not know they're doing psychometry, but I think Dr. King said that he believes that it wasn't all their knowledge of the different vineyards and the different small houses in Burgundy or wherever it might be. It was also, became, they, were, they were so focused on that taste, they were getting a a psychic reaction as well. They may not have realized it, but they could even tie a wine down to a particular you know, place through that ability. But what I was going to say, a lot of people, though, who in these fields, because of the materialistic conditioning, they won't think it's their intuition. They'll block it off or they'll say, that's just in my imagination. And they'll deny themselves that move from concentration to the to the higher level hopefully not to their death like Archimedes but um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a very prevalent thing these are all different kinds of blockages that's very interesting isn't it it's almost as if they feel that these intuitive uh, feelings and impulses they get are distracting from their concentration um, rather than the it's opposite. actually the opposite problem yeah you're right I mean it's the opposite problem which we have in the new age movement quite often where you get people who don't discriminate at all and they think their imagination is a guide or their intuition or something it isn't it's their subconscious or their imagination and they they don't discriminate at all anything that comes to them they think oh that's it that must be this that must be that and we know tragic examples of people who've, who've done that and, and, and come to really wrong conclusions. And then on the other extreme, you might get someone who's more materialistically conditioned, might be quite brilliant, but is blocking off their intuition and putting that down to imagination. Oh, so interesting. Thank you, Richard. So I can continue <laughs> reading uh, the transmission. Good. Next part. Master is serious. You become a person of courage. Why? Because you are a person of light who has activated the karmic law upon your behalf. You have not fallen for the trap of those who devise conditions so that you would activate the karmic law against yourself. No, you have activated it positively and its positive rays come down unto you and the great power moves. That's a wonderful thing, isn't it? That's uh, through this process of detachment from the fear and the doubt. And of course, it's all in the context as well of uh, satellite number three and service to others. And what happens? You, you've activated karma positively. I find this very interesting. And its positive rays come down unto you and the great power moves. Those are the rays of the karmic law. Yes. Uh, I don't think we've kind of heard about it in that way before, Chrissy. It's not the rays in this case. It might well be the rays that come through the sun and the pranas and so forth. But actually, the Martha theorist there calls it its rays, the karma's rays, because you've activated it positively, will come down to you. And of course, those rays are energies which will cause the great power to move. I find that fascinating because 
there's so many people who use breathing exercises, for example, to try and cause that that kundalini to move, the force to move, and many other more dangerous methods, actually, in certain cases, to get it to move. And yet, really, you, we are able, the master theorist tells us, is to do it by being a person of light who activates the karmic law upon our behalf and the rays will do it. The rays will come down and they'll cause it to move. So the Kundalini is no longer blocked by fear and doubt or materialistic condition of the brain and mind, drawing it partially up the front of the body, as I mentioned earlier, to the solar plexus center and the yearning, which draws it up to the sex center. It's now free to move through the channel in the spine, so sumna, and we have a great promise here. By detaching from the materialistic trap devised by dark forces, which we mentioned earlier, we change our karma for the better. This draws these rays down to us, and those rays cause the kundalini to move up through the centers. Just as wrong thinking so draws negative energies to us, so correct thinking draws positive energies to us. So that the negative ones block the kundalini, the positive ones cause it to rise through the higher centers. Because I think the point being, Chrissy, what I read into that, it isn't natural for us to have the Kundalini dormant. That's not what was meant to, to be. Right. It's because right. of these negative forces that we're in that position. You know, it's, it's not that the lower centers are bad either. You can sometimes get that feeling from some yoga writings, that the you know, Christ centers yeah. are a great yeah. thing, the sex centers are a bad thing. It's not that. It's just the over-preponderance of energies in the lower centers, the complete depletion of the higher centers, the imbalance, if you like, and the raising of the Kundalini, unaware as, we, as people are of it, up the front of the body. If we remove the obstacles, then the natural state that we should be in will start to happen. The, they will, the, the energy will rise even through higher centers, through the Nadis, and this will stimulate the Kundalini to move upwards. One thing I was going to mention, actually, uh, and it's a little aside, but in a transmission called a Cosmic Message of Divine Opportunity, Mars Sector 6 says in this, in this transmission that if we pray in the right way, and most people actually don't pray in the right way, but we certainly do in the Ethereum Society. I don't mean to sound rude to anyone there. It's purely a technical matter of, of learning how to pray right. correctly. The mo motive could be great, but the, it, there is a way of doing it. So if we pray in the right way and we perform service through the right work, uh, or even just working, really, um, if we do those two things, Mars Sector 6 describes that as perfect now that's quite a word for for mars sector six yes. to use I, I actually got the quote here to work in a spiritual way is good to pray in the right way is good but to work in that way a spiritual way and pray in this way the right way is perfect and that would tell me that it's enough and there isn't of course there are many other things we have to do in life um, other than pray and work in spiritual ways just to l earn a living to survive to cope and keep fit and all those things but they are they are almost like afterthoughts they're necessary ones long as we have them in balance but the thing that matters is our work and our prayer and if that's perfect according to a karmic lord 
then that's enough, really, to cause this unforced rise of Kundalini. This is the big revelation to me. I, for some reason, and it's my fault, probably through the lives, I've sort of had this in my mind. There's something else I need to be doing. I'm not going to get be able to do that. And this is the revelation of what we're talking about here in part three of Service Leads to Kundalini Heaven. We're told, no, this will do it. This is what the master theorist is telling us. This is what Mars Sector 6 is telling us. When we think about just to name prayer, and if it's done in the right way, you'll be visualizing energy going through the palms of the hands and the heart center. When we do that, we're doing it to help the world. But we must start to cause a rise of energies towards the heart center just by focusing on it in an unforced way every time we do that. And so that's just one example. Uh, it's not the reason we're doing it, but it just must happen. So the reason I have details is to show that this path with its main focus on service and prayer works. And, and this is why even you know, in the third freedom, Mars Sector 6 tells us that service can lead us, uh, cause a rise of Kundalini, an unforced rise, leading us to the verge and he uses the word verge, I have to say, of adeptship. I think there's going to be something else, and I, I do believe that, and I, to some limited degree, experience this, that you will also have to do to go beyond that verge. But the verge is a wonderful place to be. Don't you think so, Chrissy? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I'd like to be on the verge. Definitely. <laughs> well, thank you for that, that revelation. That I mean, it really is, isn't it? It's fantastic. And I, I love what you said, Richard, yeah. The rising of the Kundalini is a natural state. I think that's a revelation yeah. too, actually. Yeah, and, and it removes a certain conditioning, doesn't it? That you know, we're in the natural state now, being limited like this. Then the the unnatural thing are these yogis who can get it up to high centres. They're just odd right. or or, or right. wonderful people, whatever way you want to call it. It's not. That's not the way it should be. It's not the natural state. No. Yeah, that's uh, something to contemplate upon. Absolutely. Thank you. So, Richard, uh, the next part of the transmission is, is just eight words. <laughs> Very powerful words. Yeah. Would you like me to read them, or shall I read the sentence before as well? Would you read them, please, Chrissy? Well, read the bit before again, if you like, just to put it yeah. in context. Because this is, this is the bombshell, I, th I think, coming up now. The bombshell, right. <laughs> this is the, so, to me, so, this is the bombshell, yeah. Yes, the Master of Sirius said in the last part extract, uh, no, you have activated it positively, and its positive rays come down unto you, and the great power moves. And then the next eight words. But in its entirety, up through the senses. I think that that is such a liberating... It's a promise, actually. It's a promise made that the power moves in its entirety up through the centers. Because one could think, oh, wow. yes, okay, it'll move, it'll, it'll you know, get more, a bit more enlightened and so on. But this is, I mean, this is way beyond what I experienced earlier this year. Now, we're talking about an entire rise of Kundalini through the centers. And if we take it to its ultimate, that means through all the centers to the crown center. And that means, if it's in its entirety, cosmic consciousness. No yeah. ifs, no buts, no, but there's a few other things you'll need to do as well. 
this will cause this great power to move. And, you know, I must admit, I've read and I've heard this transmission multiple times. It's one of my favorites. It is, by the way, in print. It's in Cosmic Voice, a small Cosmic Voice, November, December 1961, issue number 25, which is available. You can download that. There's, you can purchase that and download it with the other Cosmic Voices in that series. There's also um, a, an audio version, which is available both as a download, and I, I think there's still some CDs of that left as well. So it, you, can, you can study this. But, I mean, I've, I have studied it, and I must admit... Um, I didn't really grasp this until we really, just before we started doing this series, it's one of the main reasons we were doing it, as far as I'm concerned. It's a key which could be very easily missed, and you have to study the Master Etherius carefully because he's so, um, what's the word, he's so humble, and uh, he, you know, he talks to you as if he's telling you stuff you know already, and you can miss things. Uh, he, he's telling us not only that the power of Kundalini moves, but something very specific. It move in its entirety up through the centers. And that does mean complete samadhi. Let, let's not beat about the bush. The highest state of enlightenment, um, as I was saying, it goes potentially all the way to the crown center. And he's telling us we don't need, really, in this advanced kundalini or kriya yoga exercises to do this. Personally, I've been practicing the kundalini visualization breathing exercises in that wonderful book, not because I was privileged to co-author it, but it is a wonderful book, Realize Your Inner Potential. And it's a wonderful title, too, I must say, which was chosen by Dr. King. Um, but I have for, 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 for a long time. But this is done, now we're told, by activating karma positively, by actually drawing the, the energies down from outside of us, from above us, uh, through karma, uh, through prayer, through whichever method, directly down, by activating karma positively, drawing its rays down, and this causes a natural move um, of Kundalini, and that this is, I mean, all I can say to that, Chrissy, is wow. <laughs> yes, double wow. <laughs> Me too. But talking of wow, we, we've, we're halfway through. Do, do we have to go over to our producer now before we get into trouble? Yes, I was just going to say that. Um, time flies, so over to Nikki. Thank you. Well, that's a triple wow then. <laughs> I could listen to you both for hours on this subject. Revelation after revelation just keep coming. So thank you very much, Richard and Chrissy. You are listening to a serious radio live with hosts Richard Lawrence and Chrissy Blaze discussing service, Lisa Kundalini Heaven, part three. Now, Sunday, April the 2nd, sees a very special event happening. At 2.15 p.m., a public operation prayer power charging session will take place at the Aetherius Temple in London. This is the first of such public sessions that have been held in London for many years. So we warmly welcome all newcomers and regular attenders. And details of this are on the London page of Aetherius.org. Saturday, April the 15th, sees a yoga breathing workshop with Gino Chaldoni being held at the Michigan branch from 2.30pm to 5pm. So again, more details on Aetherius.org. 
The next Serious Radio Live on April 18th, Chrissy will be joined by regular guest Brian Kniep, Executive Secretary of the Society at the American Headquarters. They will be discussing the topic of the giant spacecraft, which regularly comes into orbit of our world four times a year, satellite number three. And the title of the show is the floating temple of light and that of course is very appropriate because on that date of april the 18th at 12 midnight gmt heralds in the first hour of the first spiritual bush for 2023 when we will welcome again into orbit of earth that floating temple of light flooding our world with much needed spiritual energy this spiritual push or magnetization period lasts until May 23rd, during which all spiritual actions performed with a selfless motive are enhanced by a factor of 3,000 times. The special service to mark this potent first hour will be live streamed from the Aetherius Temple in London and conducted by Richard and Alison Lawrence. Please visit Aetherius.org for more details. You are warmly invited to join us for services both live stream and online, especially during this important period and of course other social media events details of which are again on our website ethereum.org so that's it for now and while we're coming straight back to your hosts Richard and Chrissy. Thank you Nikki. Thank you Nikki. So Richard um did you want to I think we need uh, to push on that? don't we because we want to we yes. must get through it today yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, well, do you want me to read the next part? Or? Please, yes. So, the next part of this transmission is, how can you do this? I will repeat myself for your benefit. Actually, By there's a line just... before that. Sorry to interrupt you, Chrissy. There's, there's, if you go back a bit, there's, a, oh, there's yes, another yes, one. You're just absolutely right. That. You're absolutely yeah. right. Sorry yeah. about that. Yes. Your brain right. and mind become open to the forces latent within you and you become all-powerful and all-knowing. How can you do this? I will repeat myself for your benefit. By being of service to others, and by being of service to others at this holy time. Bringing down the great energy and power from satellite number three down through you. Out unto your suffering brother, whose suffering downtrodden humanity, and helping to raise them. It's again this amazing uh, promise. Now, we've got to be clear here. I mean, the Master Aetherius is not saying that um, the first time you do this ever, you will, you will become all-powerful and all-knowing. Uh, but he is saying that this is basically what you need to do. This is how you will bring it about. You will manipulate karma, of course, through service. You will also bring down great energies to you, especially during a spiritual push, and this will cause this rise of Kundalini. This alone, this is enough. And if you become all-powerful and all-knowing, the description there, an entirety of, of the raising of Kundalini, there's far more in this, isn't there, Chrissy, than, than we probably, most of us have ever noticed before. Because what you will then get is, we're calling this Kundalini heaven here. But it would have at one time been called Nirvana. Um, it could be called cosmic consciousness. I mean, what a promise. I mean, I don't know whether you ever considered when attending a power circle 
during a spiritual push to serve humanity, and that's the reason to do it, that sooner or later, by doing this, if, you, if it's done enough, and we've detached from the other things that Master Athir has told us to detach from, the Kundalini will sooner or later rise in its entirety through our psychic centers. It's simple. It's not easy. I wouldn't want to say it's easy uh, to do all this. I mean, the Master Theorist said it was easy. It, you can easily detach. But you have to also work, and you have to also pray, and you have to do it in the right way and intensely enough. But it is simple. It's not complicated. By being of service, and especially during a spiritual push, that's a key part of this promise, we can bring down through ourselves far more energy than we ever could before. These energies will flow through the nadis. They'll impact on the kundalini and cause it to rise in its entirety. It's not just through breathing exercises. Breathing exercises are a wonderful thing. We recommend them. Uh, we recommend classes on them. We recommend people to do them. They'll help us with our prayer. That's one of, one of the best reasons, not the only one, to do them. But, but you don't need any dangerous practices. It can be safely done. Um, it, okay, it won't take necessarily 10 years, if you, as Dr. King, but then he was a completely different... He was an avatar, let's face it. He didn't have past-life baggage, he had the karma he took upon himself, which is a very different thing. And he went there relatively quickly. But if we go at this intensively, it does get results. I mean, even I've discovered that. And I, I have, have not raised the Kundalini in its entirety through the centers. But I have raised it enough to have a direct experience. And, and that's over 50 years of work and prayer through the Ethereum Society. And it's good, actually, Chrissy, that your next show is, takes place, you're talking about satellite number three, just hours before the spiritual push starts. Um, and uh, you'll, you'll be uh, leading people into this potential for not only service, which is the main thing by a long chalk, but also real advancement. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fantastic timing. Yes, yeah, very good. And it's great because... It's great for people who are new to the concepts and don't yet really know if these promises are true or not. The great thing is, when we go into the spiritual push, we can test it for ourselves. We don't just have to believe this, but we can test this promise for ourselves. And because so many people, even for the first time, they feel something. They feel energy or they feel inspired. So, you know, that's... An amazing thing, I think. And i just like to say, Richard, when you uh, said that you missed the, the, the meaning of this transmission, and I too have missed it uh, and read it many times, the Master of Theorists' words are so simple and so direct. And I like what you said mm. earlier when you talked about the three layers of meaning, because it struck me that mm. maybe when you're ready to do something about it, that third layer, the how, as you put it, then uh, the meaning is sort of revealed to you in a way. That's why certainly I yeah, think Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And this might sort of relate to something you said earlier. But if you really don't believe you're going to get anywhere, actually you won't. Um, right. You, you know, you have to and, – and what this does well, – certainly what it did for me, it made me actually believe, well, hang on. I am doing this. I could have done it better. Yes, I've made my mistakes. 
And yes, I've still got a very long way to go, but I can now believe that this is something which is attainable, which can actually be done. And in a very different way, actually, even than Dr. King did it, because he didn't do it through service and prayer, and he didn't need to. He came from another place, you know, in another time, and had a mission to do, and he had to, and as we discovered, gain samadhi, mainly as he used it, to perform his mission. Um, there is another thing I was going to mention and I, and, and with Nirvana. I think it's very right. unfortunate that, that for a long time in, through history, an idea has prevailed that when you enter Nirvana, you are absorbed into the infinite creation, as it were, or, or, or God, or whatever you might call it, the absolute, your true self, your nature, and you don't reincarnate again. And it's, as it were, it's all over. And all this physical world is a, is a complete sort of illusion. And it reminds me of something that Dr. King said in an address he gave, actually. Uh, he said that, uh, he was talking there about the Earth, actually. And he said the Logos, or Logoi of different planets, are beings who have not taken their, the initiations they were entitled to, or put it this way, he said, not taken the places in evolution they were entitled to by the initiations they've undergone but have come down a step. And he says this, this seems to be the great subtlety. It's something missing in a Blavatsky's secret doctrine, in Alice Bailey's works. It's something missing even in certain Hindu works. And it's a great subtlety. And I can't understand, he said, why people like Blavatsky did not see this and did not fully appreciate it because it would have made her work so much greater had she done so. And isn't, mm. this is... I think a wonderful thing actually and we, we see it certainly in the nine freedoms and we hear about lords of Saturn and lords of the sun entering what is described as say galactic samadhi or some deep meditative state for hundreds of thousands of years but they know when they go into this that they're going to come out of it when they've completed it and when they come out of it they will be able to serve creation and life far more than they were before they entered it and this makes it a far far more wonderful thing if you believed oh well you know i'm heading for nirvana and generations i'm sure many people still do believe that this is when they get there they're going to just go and they'll leave behind their physical body leave humanity behind there's something there's a there's a sort of splinter of selfishness in there, Chrissy, I feel somewhere, but that you know, almost as if to say, well, actually, if I'm going to leave completely and amalgamate back with divinity, uh, I better not do it because I, I won't be able to help these people anymore. Um, but of course, knowing that it's, it's a state which you enter and then leave, and then as, as, as Dr. King said there, you come down, you don't dwell on it, you come down to a more lowly position again in order to serve, makes it a far, far greater thing altogether, makes nirvana concept. And of course, even that the Buddhists who teach nirvana, as some Hindus do, they had an example before them because they said that Buddha entered Nirvana and yet what did he do after it he for decades he carried on serving but strangely some of them uh, have believed that this is where they're headed and when they do you know the mayor of life as they used to call it the delusion I won't need my physical body I won't be reincarnating anymore I'm off and out 
and there's something lacking there i feel chrissy absolutely um you're so true and of course the master jesus explains it in the third blessing well he explains blessed are they who love he gives mm. the words they have taken from their bowed heads their crowns of triumph their crowns of achievement and cast these in holy sacrifice at the root of the throne of their own salvation i never really yes and i yeah. yes sorry so, so that's, Go on, that was, I think that's relating to what you were saying very much. Spot on. That's exactly relating. Mm-hmm. And there's a reference to, to, to the Mother Earth not taking her gowns, you know, that right. she could take, namely gowns of initiation. Um, and, and this is a, it's, I mean, it's easy maybe for us because we have these teachings now, it's, and I'm not judging people who've gone before. And actually, it wouldn't be a problem for 99.9999999999 recurring percent because they don't get to the stage mostly of entering nirvana. But for that one, that individual who did, it could come as a I won't say a shock, because I don't think you're sort of open to shock, but a surprise, certainly a nuance, and it might not be what you expect. Anyway, Chrissy, shall we continue with this, uh, the final words? Yes, the Master of Theorists. This is the great key, the great yoga, the great practice, the great Christianity, the great religion. The greatest deeds that you can do in these days, service. Service. Service is the key which opens the doors to all powers, to all forms of enlightenment. Service to others. Yes, and it says it all, doesn't it? I mean, this is the experience that we need, the experience of service. There's a, a, a wonderful quote and I've got oh, so many papers on my desk here as I'm doing this that I haven't got it in front of me, but I will find it in a moment, from Dr. King. Here it is, uh, in a lecture he gave. And th- uh, this is exactly what he said. He says, there are people on this earth who have too much experience to be able to experience experience as it should be experienced. And I, I think that's a great statement because... I think I know what he means. They, 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 you know, it's not like I need experience, so I better do my bucket list. I need to see the Rolling Stones before no. I die, or I need to to go to Thailand before, I, whatever it might be. It's not that kind of thing. It's gaining the experience that we need, and and of course on Earth we do need these experiences. The greater ones, they don't even serve because they need to. They serve because they know that all life has to go back to God. And you can't, I think Dr. King once said, not even a galaxy can go back to God as a galaxy. Even a galaxy will need further experience, if we can even use that word, of some kind on their journey. And again, without wishing to criticize anyone or judge anyone, because I might have been one of the people who fully believed it in past lives up to now, uh, so I'm not fit to judge, but what a a blunder, really, really, to think that, gosh, I've had enough experience, now I can go back to God now. Yes. All I need to do are these exercises, get there, and I'm away, gone. It's, uh, it's quite a big shift and a big change we're given. And I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's yet another reason. I think it's the only reason. I mean, the, the relatively 
modest experience that I described in my Kundalini diaries, I don't think was given to me for my sake at all. I think it was along the lines, well, look, you know, if this path we're on, it does lead somewhere. And if, you know, somebody does it, and hopefully others do, some may have already, I just don't know. But it does show that the path works, because it's not the path through which Dr. King himself gained enlightenment or samadhi. Absolutely, yes. And the Master of Theories cuts right through all the different religious philosophies and gives a sort of a common path for everyone, whether they have a religious belief or not. And Richard, I don't know if you've heard about it, but I was reading about this, this called, it's called the Rise of the Nuns, N-O-N-E-S. People who they oh, yeah? have no religious belief or even a belief in God. And there's a rise, a lot of people now, they're saying they're nuns. But at the same time as that, no. it's interesting, there's a, there's a rising belief in the supernatural and a rising number of people volunteering. So that, I thought it was really interesting hmm. that uh, they're giving service. That certainly is. Believe, but Master Theory says it's a great practice. He doesn't, it's not just a great religion, it's a great practice, a great key. Isn't Absolutely. It? Absolutely. Yeah, the great key. Yeah. And you have to wonder whether some people's motivation um, is actually greater in some forms of what you might call more basic service than some sadhus, for example, whose basic motivation is their own liberation. Oh, yeah. You know, and, so and, and not all, not all. I mean, there are some, and Milarepa, for example, is said to have done it purely for the sake of the world. And he knew that it would change the world. And he would. If you become enlightened on this physical plane, of course it will change the world. And that's a wonderful thing to do, especially in those days. Now we have other practices we can do, which are far more powerful. I mean, just to name one thing that listeners to Ethereum Radio Live will know about, in Operation Prayer Power, which is a wonderful, wonderful mission, we are taught a way to invoke energies that could only have invoked, been invoked by adepts of old. And that's happening now at Operation Prayer Power. So, you know, the, the possibilities, and especially with satellite number three, if you did Operation Prayer Power um, during a spiritual push, even that invoke, invocation of energies equivalent to an adept of old would be potentized 3,000 times. And that's us, little old us, doing that. <laughs> so the, the opportunities are absolutely immense. But before we run out of time, Christy, I wanted to just talk for a few moments about something else the Mastery Theorist delivered, namely the practice of the presence. Right. Unless, there's something, unless I've interrupted you and there's something you were, no. you were going to say no. about that last quote. No. Um, because that too, I believe, works on several levels. Um, and, you know, one can see the practice of the presence, you know, in one way as a symbolic practice and it will definitely work as that so but but it could also be and is clearly a potential way to raise the kundalini as a matter of fact in one of his versions and he gave several as you know of the of the of this practice or he 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 delivered it several times the master theorist he actually says at the beginning he says keep your spine straight you know your spine is rather like a cyclotron and at the bottom of that is an atom of very active material. And you can split the atom in your own spine. And if you do, you'll walk out of this room a master. 
So there is a promise there that if, if somebody did this practice really correctly, they would become a master. Now, I'm, you know, I'm not, I certainly haven't achieved that, but uh, these possibilities are here. And if you think about the practice, and I'm taking it that a lot of our listeners are, if not, I know, Chris, you're going to lead us in this in a moment, but we have the white light, usually can be the violet flame first or the white light first, but let's just for the moment say it's the white light. Um, the white light will come down, and at the kundalini, if you like, level, it'd be purifying the higher psychic centers and the higher nardic channels. So an essential preparation. The violet flame would come up, cleansing the lower psychic centers and the nardic channels, allowing kundalini to rise to the heart center. Now, I'm not going to say that when you visualize the flame, you will draw kundalini up um, to, the, to the heart center. No. But... The violet flame and the kundalini both come from Mother Earth. So it's something that could happen um, at the right time to the right person. Then you have the white light and the violet flame amalgamated and take up, taken up to the golden sphere. Now, the golden sphere is symbolic of the divine spark of God within us. And that's what we're told by the Master Ethereus. So and, and it could just be that. And if it's just that and no more than that, it's a wonderful, wonderful practice. But it can also be a link, uh, this is my take on it only, Chrissy, to the crown center because it's a similar location mm. and depiction. And so you could bring about, you could say actually that the practice of the presence is embryonic cosmic consciousness in that if it was done absolutely 100% correctly and fully, you might then take the Kundalini up to the crown center. It's never happened to me, and I don't know anyone it's happened to. I'm just looking at the ultimate possibilities. And so it works as it's given, as a visualization practice, bringing peace, bringing a deep sense of spirituality. We've all experienced that. It's a wonderful practice. It's a cleansing practice. It's an enlightening practice. But taken all the way, you've got the elements there of Kundalini. You've got the elements of chakras there, the heart center, and then this depiction of the golden sphere. And you could have full enlightenment. And then the golden radiance that comes down are the rays of enlightenment imbuing your whole being. Thank you, Richard. So let us, as we like to do quite often in the Theories Radio Live, we like to make it practical as well. So let us uh, join together in this, as Richard says, embryonic cosmic consciousness practice. And uh, to do this, if you wish to join in, I hope you do, uh, please sit up straight and take some deep breaths. And you may find if you've done this regularly, it's slightly different from what you normally do, but I'm going to follow exactly as the Master Sirius gave this particular uh, practice in 1963. Absolutely beautiful. So let's close our eyes, shall we? In the feet flat on the floor, sitting up straight. Now will you all please close your eyes and sit up straight. Come, all of you, just close your eyes and sit up straight. Now visualize the great vibrant violet flame coming up through your feet, right up to the heart center. Come on, all of you, do this. 
Let the violet flame come upward. Let it flow. Now visualize a brilliant white light coming down through the top of your head, impregnating the whole brain, right the way down through the neck and shoulders, through the neck, through the heart center. Brilliant, vibrant, living flame. That's right. Now bring together the violet flame and the white flame and take them right up through the top of the head, 10, 20 feet up, if you wish, right into the great golden sphere, which is invisible to you, but is symbolic of the higher aspects of you. Let the great golden light of everlasting spirituality flow down through every cell of your body until you virtually vibrate inside, until your heart sings with joy, until your brain rejoices at this wonderful spiritual food, until you can feel the blood singing in your ears, singing a song like a hymn of praise to this nectar of the very God. Come, come, be practical, metaphysicians. Arise from the seats of theory. That's right. Let the blood sing within you. Let every cell rejoice. You will be risen up. The old will become young in heart. And the young in heart will become older because a greater wisdom. Listen to the voice of the internal organs singing in praise as a sweet golden nectar flows through them. They thrill to it. It is done. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Chrissy. Of course, yes. Wonderful. Wonderful practice. I think that concludes our series, Service Leads for Kundalini Heaven. It's an unforced rise. I want to stress that. We are not advocating anybody tries to force this or use any particular exercises. And we're told here we don't need to. And it's one of the great, great promises made to us by the Master Ethereus. So I think that closes the show. And we need to go to Nikki, don't we now? I think we do. Thank you, Richard. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, well, I, I have to admit that was beautiful. Thank you, Chrissy. But thank you so much, both of you, Richard and Chrissy, for a truly fascinating show. And do please remember that all three episodes are available as podcasts on org. As already mentioned, the next Ethereum Radio Live show on April 18th, Chrissy will be joined by regular guest Brian Kniep, and they will be discussing the topic of the giant spacecraft which regularly comes into orbit of our world, the floating temple of light. If you would like to find out more on the information covered in the show, especially the transmission referred to, which as already mentioned, is available in the publication Cosmic Voice Issue 25, November, December 1961, uh, it is also available as a download. So please visit ethereus.org.
You can connect with your hosts, Richard and Chrissy, through their respective websites, richardlawrence.co.uk and astrologycity.com. So we hope you enjoyed the show and thank you so much for listening and we look forward to your company next month.